AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Monday, August 22nd. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The political fallout continues from the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago, as Republicans maintain it was all politically motivated government overreach. Since the search, the FBI has come under increased scrutiny and threats of violence. FBI Director Christopher Wray, who was trying to distance himself from the politics, is reportedly pissed about the threats against his department. Former President Trump, on the other hand, is pressing for the unredacted release of the affidavit that led to the search warrant. Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill, joins us for the latest and a look at how Republicans are worried about their possible gains in the Senate. Next, Inc. Magazine has released their list of the fastest-growing companies in America. Among the top 500, the median revenue growth rate over the past three years has been 2,144%. And of all the companies on the list, they have added about 1.2 million jobs. Scott Omalonik, editor-in-chief at Inc. Magazine, joins us for the results of their CEO survey, what these companies reveal about the future of business, and a look at SnapNurse, the Uber of nursing, and how does reimagined medical staffing. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Any threats made against law enforcement, including the men and women of the FBI, uh, as with any law enforcement agency, are, are deplorable and dangerous. Joining us now is Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Thanks for joining us, Julia. Thank you for having me. Well, well, there's still lots of fallout going on from the FBI search at President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. The line from Republicans right now that we're seeing is that it's government overreach. Biden is trying to damage Trump before the 2024 elections. You know, over the weekend, we saw Representative Dan Crenshaw say that the search was just really hard to justify for Republicans. The FBI's move was automatically political. And that's what we've been seeing right now in all of these threats against federal law uh, enforcement agencies, the FBI in particular. Director, FBI Director Christopher Wray has been trying to kind of stay out of the politics of this, but we heard in a call this past week with other senior FBI officials, he said he was pissed about all of these threats and uh, threats of violence and everything. And just again, the, the, the Justice Department, the FBI have all been thrown into whole, this whole political lane again. 
Right, right. And I mean, look, it's, you know, very much playing out during a midterm election year and during a year where there's so much speculation as to whether President Biden and former President Trump will run against each other in 2024. You know, Republicans have very much adopted this line of this was politicized. There should be questions about, you know, the FBI and why they were doing this, why the Justice Department took what they say is a very political role in all of this. However, I think those in the Justice Department, those in the FBI, those who would be in support of the raid would argue that this was a legally obtained warrant, that this judge signed off on this and the judge wouldn't have signed off on it if he didn't believe there was probable cause or for some cause to justify going in and raiding it. So I just think the entire political backdrop is very much making this so politicized. But I would say that the response between Republicans has been interesting because sure, the majority of Republicans are saying this could be politicization. However, you have a more conservative, more maybe some would say extreme wing of Republicans, such as Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates, saying that law enforcement, the FBI, the Justice Department specifically, should be defunded. So, you know, kind of two different reactions there. Yeah, definitely. And we're seeing, you know, certain FBI agents be doxxed on uh, former President Trump's Truth Social. Um, so their information is out there. The Justice Department is trying uh, to do what they can to keep that information off the Internet. I mean, that's nearly impossible. And, you know, the FBI in their meetings every day are just saying, hey, we're seeing more threats of violence every day. It's becoming part of their morning meetings when they discuss threats to the country. They're talking more about threats to the agency itself. And in the meantime, for all of that, President Trump is pressing for the release of this affidavit. So this is the affidavit that led to the search warrant. I mean, it holds risks for both the Justice Department endangering the investigation. It holds risk for President Trump if it says uh, some particularly bad things. Officials have until Thursday to release whatever redactions they might want to have on that. And then maybe that will be released, uh, you know, pretty soon after that, too. I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, for the Justice Department and for Trump. I think there are, you know, risks that go along with it. You know, if if it comes out that, you know, it was more in Trump's favor or in a narrative that would be in Trump's favor, um, I think you're going to see that, you know, maybe the Justice Department would look like they politicized it. And um, on the flip side of it, if it's bad for President Trump, you're in, you know, it was in the um, search was warranted and um, there was some sort of reason for that. That obviously doesn't look good for the former president. But I think really, people are really dug in on this, regardless of what those redactions say. I don't think anyone who supports President Trump is going to have their minds change about it. No way. I mean, you see the political landscape, right? And everybody says, well, you've made Trump a martyr. He's stronger than ever. On the other side, you say, well, this has damaged him so much he can't win. So, I mean, you're just right down the line on that. And then finally, briefly, I just wanted to talk about what's coming up again in in the midterms, right? We had been talking a lot about this red wave that was going to come in the midterms. Republicans taking control of the House and the Senate. And now we're starting to see some hedging of bets. It it seems like there's a good possibility on the House side, but the Senate is much more in question right now. And as a reminder, the Senate is 50-50 right now. And Mitch McConnell is saying, well, three months away, we're not so sure anymore. Pennsylvania seems to be slipping a little bit away from Dr. Oz in Ohio. They're pouring millions of dollars into J.D. Vance's race in Georgia and Arizona. Republicans are losing a little bit of ground. So this is kind of what everybody's looking towards right now. The Senate might not be in Republicans' hands. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is something, sort of a narrative we've been hearing over the past couple of weeks. And it's not only Mitch McConnell that's sort of hedging his bets or trying to use very cautious language. You have Rick Scott, the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, saying the same thing. Um, You know, essentially not saying they won't win, but um, very much trying to temper their enthusiasm. And I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of candidates they were able, able to recruit and the candidates that were elected. Look, in Pennsylvania, I don't know if we would be having a different race if it was a David McCormick instead of Dr. Oz. But we've seen, for example, the Cook Political Report has moved that race from a toss up to lean Democrat. And John Fetterman is just polling incredibly well in the polls, despite the fact that he really hasn't been on the campaign trail for health related reasons related to his stroke. While Dr. Oz has been on the campaign trail and really isn't being looked at as favorable on that end. So that's just one snapshot, one race we're really uh, paying attention to, and it could differ from state to state, but it does show how the national mood, you know, while, while it has definitely improved for Democrats recently, it's still not great for, um, you know, the Biden administration. It's not where it should, it should be. We're dealing with inflation and such. But the Senate, you know, Democrats still appear to be holding on. And interesting what's going to happen after that. What does it change when you have moderates like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema there not always voting with Democrats? Uh, If the House flips, as you mentioned last week, we're going to be seeing a lot of investigations going on. So there's Mm -hmm. still so much uh, to go through on all of this. We'll keep an eye out. Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's not to say that these companies that are today what we call small businesses or they're not public companies, they haven't IPO'd yet, but many of them will and they will become household names. And that's kind of a cool thing about the list to see see uh, how they started. Joining us now is Scott Omelanik, editor-in-chief at Inc. Magazine. Thanks for joining us, Scott. My pleasure, Oscar. Thanks for having me. 
Well, Inc. Magazine every year puts out their annual list, their Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing companies in the U.S. This is uh, based off of uh, revenue and a bunch of other things. You know, I was looking through this list. It really kind of serves as a, a very inspirational series of stories, really, when you drill down and start looking at the businesses in themselves and the CEOs that run them. And man, if you're an aspiring uh, business owner or somebody that wants to get into something and really create something, the list from there reads like that. Very inspirational. How we won the $33 billion sports drink market. How we brought back an American classic. I mean, if you want to be inspired yeah. by some business stories, you got to go and see this list. So Scott, start us off. Tell us about the list, how you compile it, and then we'll dig down into some other interesting stuff. Sure. So the Inc. 5000 has existed for 40 years now, and its whole purpose and really the whole purpose of Inc. is to recognize, support and, and celebrate the American entrepreneur. Right. And we know that there are lots of big companies in the world and they make big moves, but often they're the ones that are downsizing or constricting things in market. And, and what's special about the Inc. 5000, you're, you're right, is not only is there a story with virtually every company, but they're the folks who are building the future. They're, they're building new businesses. They're building how we're going to do business, interact at retail, what products we're going to buy, and so many other things tomorrow. Previously, companies like Microsoft, Dell, Chobani, Under Armour, Zappos, they were all Inc. 5000 companies, LinkedIn and Inc. 5000 company. So it's not to say that these companies that are today, what we call small businesses, or they're not public companies, they haven't IPO'd yet, but many of them will, and they will become household names. And that's kind of a cool thing about the list to see, see uh, how they started. Yeah. And, you know, one of the interesting things when we talk about the growth of these companies, right, uh, that's one of the metrics you guys use is the revenue growth rate. So this is a mm -hmm. very impressive things going on here. Among the top 500 of these companies, the median revenue growth rate over the past three years, because you guys use the three-year average there, is 2,144%. Yeah. That's up from 1,800, uh, about 1,800% 8, in 2021. It is just crazy amount of growth that these companies are doing. And they're job creators. Over the 5,000 companies, they added close to 1.2 million jobs. It's a special thing, right? So uh, this year is unusual in that, as you pointed out, the median growth over those three years has been significant. And just, just to back up really quickly, we do track three years because anyone can have a good year and be gone the next, right? There are lots of ways to game the books. But to be in the Inc. 5000, you actually have to share your tax returns with us. And so we, we're confident that the companies that have you know outstanding growth actually do, right? The, the list is very efficacious in that way. And they are people who, you know, have managed somehow through the pandemic, through the great resignation, through supply chain issues to still stick it out, be resourceful, be creative, cut the right deals, create the right cultures, and really sort of, as you point out, deliver as founders a business that can employ hundreds of thousands of people across the board, millions of people across the board that can add to our revenue significantly. You know, 50% of the American economy is made up of businesses like those in the Inc. 5000. They're just, you know, the top of the top. We'll highlight some of the top businesses in a moment, but there is a CEO survey that you guys do when you guys compile this list, sure. which I always love. You want to poke the brains of the people that are creating these businesses. And so there's some interesting things in there, some fun stuff. I want to start off with <laughs> this one. So most entrepreneurs do have early start time. So if you want to yeah. get a business going, you know, you can't be sleeping in every day. So 27% wake up at five, 37% wake up at six, 
22 wake up at 7, and then 5% of them wake up at 8. So if you're waking up past 7 a.m., you're probably already uh, behind on that one. It's an interesting thing, right? And we can talk, is it chicken or egg? Are or, or, or founders who are successful once you get up earlier? Uh, otherwise, but I, I think it has to do with the fact that for you know a lot of founders, particularly when businesses are starting, they have to do everything, right? They have to do payroll. They have to do bookkeeping. They have to file the taxes. They have to hire the people. They have to go to market and close deals. They're doing everything, and there's only so much time in the day to do that. And in fact, when you're dealing with other people, <laughs> there's often not nearly enough time. And I, I think those few hours in the morning for a lot of our founders are, are sort of carved out for that time when they can actually settle and think. Harder to do that at the end of the day, right? right? Like we're rattled and thinking about everything that happened during the day, but fresh start, early, good to go. I, I think I think it's a time that proves really useful for people. Now, some of them are actually doing work at the time. We know that a lot of other founders recognize the importance, and this is something we're exploring a lot, I think, is sort of the physical and mental health of founders because of the burdens they, they shoulder are not insignificant. Right. And some, so some of them use it for wellness time, for exercise, for meditation and things like that. But I think it's, you know, that those few moments when you can actually be alone and collect your thoughts are really useful. And and dovetailing right off of that, a lot of them cite health risks associated with being entrepreneurs, negative impact on health. They said 40% exacerbated anxiety to your point. Early on, you're doing everything. That's at 43%. And, you know, the financial impact as well. Uh, A lot of them do turn, you know, kind of this fast growing business, a unicorn, whatever you want to call it. A lot of them do turn down venture capital money to start their own business. They tap into their own savings. 80% of them said they tap into their own own savings. So those are huge things that early business owners, you don't have to go through a lot of times. Right. When you stop and you think about it, and it's easy in the time of anti-work and things like that to be very mistrustful or uncomfortable with the boss, right? But the fact is, we're talking about people who had an idea and they decided they were the person to execute that idea and they were going to bet all the chips on that idea. And, and in some cases, that means, you know, mortgaging the house or, or taking out your life savings. And so immediately put your family at risk if you're not yeah. taking VC money, right? But of course, the payoff is greater because you're not taking VC money, right? You own the whole thing in the end. But the fact is, so there, that's risk number one. Number two, if you do take money, you have all sorts of problems just every day. And you can't really feel comfortable sharing that always with your investors. You have a moment of crisis. You don't want the people who are giving you money to know that. You don't necessarily have a spouse who even understands the business you're in. Or in some cases, the flip side, you're working with your spouse and that has (laughs) its own issues, right? (laughs) And then I, I, I know throughout the pandemic, you know, so many of the founders I talked to really, really sweated out about how do they keep their teams, which for the most part are small, right? So so unlike the Fortune 500, the Inc. 5000, you know, teams can be 10, 50, 100, 1,000 people. But the fact is that these founders sort of are, are close to the people and they, they're in business to help them as much as themselves. Yeah. And so they've spent, I know for a fact, sleepless nights wondering how to keep everyone employed. And if not everyone, most people. And so that stress on top of all of the other stresses that we all live under 
every day is really difficult. Uh, but I think it's exciting that we're finally in a place where people are starting to be comfortable talking about this, right? It's not just startup porn. We see the success and all the stuff that's sexy, but we're acknowledging the fact of how hard it is to get to this place because right. uh, it is hard, right? It's a, it's the it's the classic, even if your growth is quick from the first day you, you open your doors, you know, the days are long for a founder. Before we go, I do want to highlight the top two real quick. So the number one on this list is BlockFi. They're a crypto trading and financial services platform. They are trying to bridge the gap from traditional finance to the cryptocurrency. You know, they're offering things like credit cards, investment bearing accounts, using crypto as the base and all that. And they were able to weather the crypto storm. Really impressive stuff. But I, I, with our limited time left, I do want to focus on Snap Nurse because I just gravitated to sure. the story and it was such a an amazing story of how uh, you know this person Sherry Claus put this together. She was a reality TV producer. She was an anesthesiologist for years and she saw this uh, need for uh, to be able to connect nurses and the hospitals. And obviously throughout the pandemic, it took off. I mean, she had tons of growth. Her growth rate was. 146,319% growth rate from 2018 yeah. to 2022. Incredible story. It's a, a remarkable story, but and the, the story behind the growth is just as remarkable. She's a remarkable woman, essentially orphaned at the age of 15, put herself through school, really struggled a lot. And we see this a lot with founders where they do this remarkable turnaround, part of the American success story, right? And in this case, they had the right understanding of the business because she was in healthcare. They had the right technology at the right moment, which is when healthcare facilities were suffering from burnout and not being able to staff properly. Then they came with a solution that helped people staff. And that was representative of that huge growth. But the fact is they're in the healthcare space and that's only a growing space. And yeah. there's so many hospitals and other clinics and uh, doctor's offices for them to attack. They're a great company to put a bet on because they're just, they're solving a problem that exists, which is what all entrepreneurs do. And at the same time, uh, solving that problem, not only for hospital administrators, but they're simultaneously helping to bring down costs, which help us too. So they're, they're, that's a company I'm really rooting yeah. for. I, you know what? I'm telling you, it's an inspirational story. When I was reading through her company specifically, she started this thing when she was 49 years old, a single mother yeah. with two kids. She had these two careers behind her and she wanted to do something else. They're calling it the Uber of nursing. By 2021, she had made $1.1 billion with this company. That yeah. one was really inspirational to me, just covering so many pandemic stories. You know what I mean? And, and so just a great list of, uh, of fast-growing businesses. Go to uh, Inc.com. You can check everything out there in the full list. Scott Omelanik, Editor-in-Chief at Inc. Magazine. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.